यू आर लिसनिंग टू अमिंट प्रोडक्शन प्रॉट यू बाय एच टी स्मार्ट कास्ट Welcome to another special discussion ahead of the budget. The financial system or the financial space can quite easily be described as the nerve center of uh, an an economy worldwide. For us, it's been quite a tumultuous phase. From 2009 onwards, the banking system or the financial system quite literally went through hell and back. Even as it was just about finding its feet, came the one-two punch of the pandemic and economic distress across the system. What are the solutions that the union budget may provide? Will the finance minister talk about bank recapitalization? Will she move quite aggressively on opening up the financial space? And what indeed are the imperatives that she faces as she tries to fix the financial system, which indeed will be the bulwark of any economic reconstruction? Joining me to talk about that are extremely diverse faces and voices from the financial system because that's really what makes it all come together and tick. Let me introduce my panel for today we've got ashish chauhan who's md and ceo of the bombay stock exchange rupa kudwa who's md at amidyar network india of course she looks at the social impact of investing quite closely anant narayan associate professor at spjimr anant is an old and seasoned hand at the fixed income and of course the macroeconomics of things and amar dilidakirk before who is the ceo of bnp pariba india and understands what it's been like to be a bank Anchor through these tough times in India. Welcome all of you, Anant. I'm going to sort of lean on you to set out a lay of the land and just set out a few important verticals that we should discuss. I think before we get into what the budget might deliver. I think the primary question on everyone's mind, Anant, at this point is how bad is the bad loan situation, and how much worse could it get once the moratoriums are lifted? so what's playing on the back of the finance minister's mind even as she looks at what the rbi had to present in terms of how much bad loans could balloon to because their figure is as high as 14.8% and evening mitali and thanks for having me um look uh, you you're absolutely right the financial uh, stability report hi- highlighted that the actual gross non performing assets could rise to as high as 13.5% even in the base case and as high as 14.8% in a very stressed case now bef- before we come to you know how do we address this what is the objective as far as the finance minister is concerned or indeed as far as we are concerned it's not just the survival of the financial services ecosystem this ecosystem needs to be in a shape and form to finance our tremendous growth aspirations and potential right so it's not just survival it is it actually needs to run a marathon and at the moment it's it's probably convulsing in a in a uh, in a hospital somewhere so uh, and and the, the nature of the problems for the financial ecosystem is deep it's not just this 14.8% that, that it could go to also remember that a lot of non performing assets have been completely written off over the last 5 years or so in fact between fy15 and fy20 about close to 9 lakh crores of bad loans have been written off which is another 8% of of loans which is not showing up as gross non performing assets but is in the queue with the ibc and nclt for recovery so it's a it's a tremendous number so from here we have to transition to the system being in a healthy spot to actually grow credit 
at you know 12 13 14% if you're aspiring for a nominal gdp growth of you know around 12% or so right so this requires two three things to happen for the financial services mithali first thing obviously and and you know in i think it was the 2016 economic survey which talked about the four r's right first you recognize then you recover then you recapitalize and you reform that stays true even today the full extent of non performing assets has not been recognized now of course we had the covid situation but even for beyond that for the nbfcs the recognition is not complete as yet it's not come out formally as yet second to that is the recovery process which might mean we need a bad bank of some kind for because the size of the non performing assets is just too large you know we have a good ibc the insolvency code is good but it can't handle the size that we have right now third is recapitalization and fourth is reform you know it's one thing to grow, grow a bad bank etc it's another thing to ensure you're not throwing good money after bad which means that you have to do a lot of deep reforms particularly of the public sector enterprises uh, banking system to ensure that this cycle of creation of bad loans doesn't start all over again which means maybe the pjni committee reforms and so on and so forth have to go through so it's a large agenda mitali i don't envy the finance minister at all um you've got to cleanse the financial services ecosystem get it ready for running a marathon alongside that she also has to find resources to get jobs and output back in the system because yeah. guess what without jobs and output this economy isn't going to recover itself so it's a, it's a huge agenda in front of her to be honest Mr Buffo the reason i started with the bad loan situation is because 2020 is at least for the financial system almost like someone hit the pause button and come march things will finally move into some kind of process as anand just lined out and the problem for many uh, you know bankers is this i mean anand talked about the four r's but you know offline bankers will tell you that they're worried about the four c's which is the courts the cvc the cvi and even the comptroller auditor general which is why there's a bit of a freeze in the system what's your own sense of how things might unfold and are you hopeful that the budget will do something to provide greater impetus to the banking industry in order to both not be so fearful of what happens on the bad loans front and also start lending more aggressively well listen you know uh, i i think what we are going through uh, is unprecedented uh, i think there is nothing equivalent to the covid crisis and the way Uh, politicians governments have managed it in the world so it's very difficult to look at what is going to happen uh, in 2021 based on the experience uh, we have uh, we have in the past uh, nobody knows uh, uh, if uh, uh, what is the curve of uh, of the recovery of the economy uh, in the coming in the coming months in the coming weeks if you want to be very optimistic you see a v shape and if the v shape is as uh, a steep as some believe I I hope that in 6 months we have the same people around the same table and we finally realize that things uh, have gone a very different way and that the economy is restarting and that there is much less uh, NPL or NPA that we thought. I mean, you know, uh, 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 sorry for many people around the table but I, I am an optimistic guy and I remember in March April and May uh, when I was discussing with many of the clients they really thought that what the hell what is this uh, Uh, awful uh, period we are crossing it's going to be uh, a disaster and when i talk to ceos and cfos of corporates nowadays and i have to admit this is more in the bnp paribas spectrum the good one but many of them tells me oh it's it's an inc- incredible year we have we have gone through it in a much better way than we thought so 
I'm just trying to, what I'm trying to say here is not, it's, I, I, I agree uh, 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 with, with the previous uh, person who intervened. It, it's, 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 it's a very difficult uh, period we're crossing. There is many bad risks that may come on, but I think there is potentially more positive can, uh, that can come through. I think the, the real question here today uh, on the banking sector is, uh, is India equipped with the right banks, with the right size, is the discipline of lending the loan is done the right way. And I think this is a challenge. And, and, and there is many lessons that uh, India can learn looking at other, uh, other markets. And if you look at Europe uh, as potentially one way, I'm not saying all solutions are in Europe, but you see different markets. And I will not give any names, but people may recognize. You have markets where you have lots of banks because the refocusing or the merger have not happened. And generally speaking, these are the markets which are weak in terms of banking sector. And you have other markets where on the last 10, 20, 30 years, 40 years, uh, uh, the merger have happened. And generally speaking, those markets have much stronger banks. And I think uh, the solution for India is not so much how to solve uh, the NPL and NPA and structure a bad bank, because this is the short-term solution, is what type of markets India wants for its banks, potentially a mix of private and public bank. There is place for public bank, but potentially more limited. And there is space for a, a private bank, but potentially less banks and stronger. Because India needs definitely very strong bank because there is beautiful corporate, beautiful champion, and you need a very strong uh, uh, bank backbone. And this is potentially where the debate should turn, is what type of bank and how many banks we need for India. Sure. You've touched upon a very interesting point of mergers and acquisitions, and I am going to come to that because that's a whole other discussion in itself. But uh, Ashish, the only space that has seen a V-shaped recovery of any kind is your lay of the land, which is the equity market. Uh, it's important, is it not, what comes through in terms of messaging, even for the financial industry, in terms of what the equity market's takeaways will be, because such a large part of the stock market is also the entire financial system and many financial companies. No, I think uh, I agree uh, in some ways with Anant and uh, Mr. Buffo both uh, that uh, you have to look at either the glass is half empty or uh, the glass is half full. And uh, I keep on looking at uh, what uh, next amount of rain that is going to come uh, into my glass. So it will always be, uh, I mean, I can keep on crying about uh, the Indian banking system having uh, those non-performing assets for last 30 years since I am in uh, sort of finance. Uh, and even before that, when I was studying, in fact, uh, Anant reminded me of a, a great experiment which failed completely and thoroughly was called IRBI, in the Industrial Reconstruction Bank of India. It was exactly the same idea. All the uh, in 1985 or 86, all the bad loans were put in and forgotten, and uh, sort of people were fooled into thinking some money will come out of it. Nothing came out. Why I'm telling you this is we can continue to repeat history, continue to cry, but if you look back. Uh, the banking system across the world is the only system which actually is funded again and again by governments, whether it is private or public sector. And the financial markets is the only one where governments don't even fund anything. So if markets go down, let it be. If markets go up, let it be. Uh, in fact, markets went down uh, almost 40% uh, uh, post things came up, I mean, the post COVID came up. And still uh, no such uh, crying was there, while as the, what I call the permanent crying on the banking side is there and the other side, I mean, I would not take much time on the banking, 
but basically in the new technological framework do we need actually so many banks and so many large banks probably we might have many more banks but doing other stuff rather than trying to protect uh, keep on funding them keep on making them more profitable and whenever there is a loss again you have it's the duty of the society to fund them so that is more on the uh, sort of uh, conceptual aspect of uh, life that really the new technological stuff uh, do we, do they actually uh, require uh, the new what i call uh, all uh, all in type of banks and instead uh, would we go for uh, the other side or not in terms of the markets many times uh, people ask me that is there a difference between the dalal street and real street uh, why dalal street keeps on going up and why real street you don't get to see that there are many aspects to it uh, one of them of course uh, i think all of us uh, know but uh, don't want to talk about is the liquidity that too much of liquidity goes in every time there is a crisis in the world since 1971 uh, when the dollar uh, peg to gold was removed every time there is a crisis the government's putting tremendous amount of money through banks into economy and that's what keeps on uh, taking the asset prices up and that's where the stock markets go up because they are also representing different types of assets including uh, financial assets and that is one of the reasons when a crisis happens suddenly uh, the governments keep on putting money and that's why asset prices don't go down or if they go down uh, they come up again the second uh, interesting thing is also about the the stock markets represent all the future profits uh, sort of brought into using net present value today in a theoretical basis sure. not that today uh, today's profits will only need to be taken into account but the profits of next 30 40 50 years is what need to be taken into account and when you look back in um, say march uh, there were uh, predictions by indian uh, made uh, foreign experts who had come on television and said india will have 30 crore and 40 crore infections and few tens of crores dead uh, nothing of that sort happened so when the market stank is because uh, there was an expectations that uh, pretty much one out of three one out of four are going to be infected and nothing of that sure. sort happened that slowly the markets came about uh, and for me this too broadly explains uh, what happens to the markets going forward especially for budget uh, what uh, the finance minister uh, needs to do uh, there are many many constraints i think anand uh, touched upon the constraints the uh, minister has in terms of the resources availability the gst uh, mm-hmm. first few months were really bad but uh, suddenly it has started looking up and gone beyond uh, 110 uh, 1.1 lakh crore uh, that is larger than any time previously and so i think the economy is pretty much picking up uh, and uh, that is a good sign how do you uh, build uh, the momentum uh, or continue uh, sustain the momentum one the first kick start will come from probably infrastructure funding that if you can somehow start all the road projects all the port projects airport projects uh, by whatever means uh, and then uh, people start getting money in their hands the workers and the managers and all uh, that will start sort of kick starting the demand the next portion would be on the textile side the textile is the easiest uh, way to export uh, at the lowest capital cost because if the banks cannot be refunded and banks cannot fund further uh, then it is textile quotas and other things if you can manage with the rest of the world Uh, today we uh, export one tenth of what China exports and one half of what Bangladesh exports, and that's what sure. for me textiles can also tremendous number of jobs. And then of course our uh, what I call four wheels, uh, which have been running Indian economy for last thirty years. Uh, that includes uh, uh, information technology, uh, BPO, uh, and uh, the pharmaceuticals. Uh, those uh, kind of uh, what I call uh, the 
growth fields. Uh, we need to actually work with the rest of the world uh, in terms of, and the fourth will is basically exporting the labor abroad, whether uh, uh, to Gulf countries or uh, to other countries where uh, we are bringing pretty much $90 billion or $96 billion probably last year. Uh, this year might be slightly less, but effectively if we can uh, crank up these four wheels of yeah. our car, I think initially we'll be able to uh, sort of kickstart and let's see how far we are able to go with that. Okay, uh, Rupa, let me turn to you because I know that you look very carefully at the social side of funding now, but you have deep institutional mem memory about, you know, what's running through the financial system. Uh, let me play the devil's advocate here and raise some of the concerns. You know, traditionally, the Reserve Bank has actually been seen as quite moderate in its approach. And they're going out and saying, look, this is how big the problem could get. Equally, this doesn't even cover the retail or the MSME segment and what's happening with medium and small uh, enterprises. Are you concerned about the, you know, what's happening in the broader economic space? And do you think the budget can do something to address that problem? Uh, Mitali, I think it's very interesting because you know before this year, the narrative used to be that the annual union budget should actually become a non-event. Uh, and the narrative was that all major policy announcements and all of that happened through the year. And uh, the whole effort was towards making the entire budget uh, exercise pretty much like a uh, accounting report of the government. This year, what is very interesting is that I think the budget has become an event even before it is tabled. And the reason that is happening is because it is coming in the context of this really unprecedented pandemic uh, and the situation it has created on the economic front. I think, uh, you know, wearing the hat that I do now, I do feel that there are three very important agendas for the budget to address. The first one is building back resilience in those segments uh, of the economy and population that have been the most affected. And there, I think your point about MSMEs needs to be called out because unless we, and the, and the point about the bottom 60% of India's income distribution, because you know this is the segment which is going to create the demand at the end of the day. And, and so I think the focus on building resilience is important. Secondly, I think the COVID pandemic has accelerated many trends uh, which were anyway happening, but it has created, I think, a discontinuity in those trends. And I think one of those trends is the adoption of digital. If we can have initiatives in the budget that help our financial system and the banking system move to digital much more rapidly, and in a much more discontinuous manner than was previously envisaged, I think we'll be doing ourselves a service because as Ashish said, for 20 years now, we are talking about the same issues, which is how many banks should we have? What is the right structure, etc. But globally, banks are becoming more and more disrupted. They are becoming back end. The people who own the data, the people who own the customer are at the front end and banks are moving towards becoming utilities. So can we look at basic structural changes which, which really leverage the trends that we are seeing? And the third thing I will say, and we can come back to this later, is that there are, you know, in there is liquidity, but there is also a 
tremendous amount of money waiting to come in uh, to be much more socially conscious. So we are hearing a lot about ESG investing, SRI investing, the space that I am in, which is impact investing. And I think there are many things that can be done in the budget in terms of the range of instruments being made available, in terms of the fiscal incentives that are given that can attract massive amounts of capital into businesses that are serving the, the, the lower middle income and the lower income populations. And I do think, again, as a part of building resilience, if the budget can focus on some measures there, and happy to dive into the details as we get into the conversation, I think that would be very good. So I think these, from where I sit, these are the key imperatives, Natali. Fair point. Um, Anand, let's talk about the big one. Uh, the one that there's a crescendo really around and about is this talk about a bad bank. It seems like the government is not keen on pumping in money directly, but there have been many indications that this is being seriously considered, whether in the form of a standalone asset reconstruction uh, you know, vehicle or separate SPVs that take on different sectors and different verticals. Uh, a, how likely do you think it is that the finance minister does take up the issue of a bad bank? And B, how much will it do to alleviate the problem, is your sense? Well, Mitali, as Ashish mentioned, uh, this is an idea that we've discussed before and tried before and not too yeah. successful. So one has to be careful and one has to take a look at history. Uh, I do still think there is scope for a bad bank. Uh, and the experience that I particularly like is actually of Malaysia in the aftermath of the Asian uh, financial crisis. So what happened then, Mitali, was they had a tremendous amount of non-performing assets, particularly in palm oil, real estate, a whole bunch of infrastructure investments which went into 30% of advances, 40% of advances. It was a tremendous number, right? So what they did was the following. They created a bad bank sponsored by the government. It was actually sponsored by Kazana, a, a sovereign wealth fund in Malaysia. Yeah. Um, they actually purchased the bad loans at what they considered to be market price off the books of the banks. So what they actually manned it with, with experts, including with foreign experts. Uh, who gave a bid for each of the assets. So if the asset is worth 100 on face value, they said, listen, this is only worth 40. I'll buy it at 40. The financial institution was free to sell it at 40 or could say, hang on, 40 is too low. I won't sell it to you. Okay. In which case you had to take a reserve down to 40. Now that ensured that there was some way of bringing some reality into the actual recognition part. Now, you could have the flip up problem that, you know, that the, the bad bank starts to quote very, very low for all these assets. To avoid that, what they said is the following. If you quote 40, you sell it at 40, and you actually recover 70, which means 30 more than where you actually purchased it, 80% of the increase goes back to the original institution. So 24 out of the 30 extra that you've recovered goes back to the original institution. Now, the problems that Ashish referred to in the previous bad bank, you transferred it at book value. You really basically shoved it from one carpet to the other, under the other carpet, right? You really didn't solve the problem. You didn't have a structure for uh, for doing restructuring or resolution of the individual assets right in the case of malaysia they ensured transfer at market value at something like a market value they ensured all the bad assets came into one place and then the government could do things like change regulations etc around the individual assets and ensure recovery malaysia recovered 58 percent of the the uh, the bad loans value okay over a period of five years and they shut shop in five years the bad bank doesn't exist as of now. That bad, bad bank was called Dhanaharta. Now, why do I like this for the Indian context? 
Look, um, at the moment, as you said, Mitali, bankers are worried. The ability and willingness of bankers to lend at the moment is extremely low. They're yeah. all worried about the four C's, as you call it. I didn't know that quotes also are part of the, th- I thought it was three C's. And I'll add the fourth C as well. Um, There's actually bankers- a fifth one, Anand, which is the cabinet. So one hopes the cabinet <laughs> works differently from the rest. No, absolutely. <laughs> so look, we, we, this is one way of getting at least the large asset, not all of it. You can't do MSME and retail NPS this way, but at least the meaty ones beyond a certain size, get it off the books of the bank. Let's do a control or delete. Let's quarantine them into a place. And by the way, distress asset handling and recovery is very different from commercial banking. Don't have the Dinesh Karas of the world worrying about recovery when they should be thinking about new businesses, right? So that's one part. Second part is once you do a recapitalization and reforms, very, very important. You cannot have DFS, you know, undertaking or getting involved in day-to-day banking activity for 60% of the banking system, which is the public sector banks. You've got to have commercial. You cannot have Dinesh Khara earning only 30 lakhs per annum for a 40, 40 lakh crore balance sheet. You've got to have, you know, the, the HR policies being attuned to the market. You've got to have incentives, which makes sense. So allow the uh, banking system to operate freely, make them accountable, do governance reforms and do a control or delete. At the same time, get the bad assets into one place where from where recovery is possible. But having said that, Mitali, you and I both know the bad bank idea is extremely controversial. We've been wasting the last six, seven years on discussing whether it's good, bad, ugly. My point is the following. Look, eventually the finance minister has to think about how do you create jobs and output in this country. That's the only way we achieve our tremendous economic potential. And I agree with all the speakers. I think there's no problem in this country that cannot be solved. But A, we've got to look the problem in the eye. We cannot gloss over the problem and say, oh, let's be positive about the whole thing. Let's not be negative. Look, the medical reports are telling us you have blood pressure and cholesterol. You cannot pretend and say, oh, that's that's being negative. Let's be positive and say there's no problem. There is a problem. But guess what? It's solvable. There is no problem that's not solvable. And the recognition of the problem is the first point towards actual solution to the problem. Right? I think a bad bank works in refurbishing this entire financial ecosystem and making it fit for, um, uh, you know, uh, funding growth in this in this economy easier said than done i don't envy the fin- finance minister shoes at all it's not easy it's not just passing of one law it's a whole set of things which have to happen together bad bank itself is pretty complicated imagine doing reforms you've seen what is happening to agri reforms right now mitali imagine doing banking reforms which even smells like privatization and you have the run up to the elections coming up in west bengal and assam etc it's going to be a political mess so it requires a lot of political conviction and follow through and execution, but it can be done. I, I absolutely think it can be done. Hmm. Mr. Bufo, I want to take on the point that you raised earlier, which is really when you come down to it, the major reform in the banking space, which is mergers and consolidation, some kind of uh, you know bringing together of like-minded banks, or even if there is some geographical fit. Some of the problems have been identified already in this conversation. You know, loan books are exploding. There are promoter director issues. There are some corporate governance issues as well. Do you think this is the time the finance minister will take on that issue of mergers and consolidations? And what form and shape do you think it might take? For example, would the government look to lower their stake in some in some banks to below 51%? Is it that they will open up the banking sector to more players coming in? What do you think might work best in this so, uh, uh, thank you very much for, for your uh, for your question, Vitaly. Uh, but before, I would like to come back on uh, what Anand just said uh, on yeah. uh, the, the bad bank, and he mentioned the Malaysian uh, solution. 
And I would like to, uh, I just uh, came in India one year ago, one year and uh, one month. Um, and and I, I, I spent before uh, uh, nearly five years in Vietnam. And, and Vietnam, uh, I mean, uh, one of the neighbor, close neighbor of, uh, of Malaysia, uh, they faced also their, uh, their uh, bad bank or, or uh, issues in their banking sector. And they choose a different solution, which was to structure a bad bank indeed, to, to ask the uh, private and public bank to transfer their bad assets uh, to this uh, defense uh, structure in exchange to receive a bond. Uh, and then they had five years to amortize uh, their bad loans uh, to ensure that uh, they can still keep a good capital adequacy ratio, but it takes five years to do it. So they, they had to provision uh, over the five years. And in the meantime, this defense structure would try to extract the utmost value of those bad loans. And indeed, then you can come to having professional who, who can try to manage it uh, in the best way and would focus on the bad loans while the bank would focus on relaunching uh, the loan machine and ensuring that they are here to develop the economy. Five years later, the bank has to rebuy whatever has not been liquidated. So, you know, I'm, uh, the solution uh, that Anon ma uh, mentioned, the one I'm mentioning, on the one that anybody else can mention during this call, there is many different ways to do it, but in this, there is a solution. Then, coming back to your question uh, on the merger, uh, you know, uh, I, I want to, 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 uh, to jump on what uh, Rupa said. Uh, uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure the government should spend money on, uh, uh, on the digitalization of the bank sector. I think it's a race. There is people who are in competition. And I think uh, many private banks have understood that if they want to rebuild margin, they need more digitalization. Because normally, more digitalization would mean a better uh, control of your costs. And if you better control your costs, then you can increase your revenues. So I think it is naturally that the bank will go to more digitalization. What I believe the government should do is not trying to say uh, my loan should go to this sector or to this sector and, and I push you to land to this sector because that's potentially where the loss will come. I think the bank have to do their job. They have to, to lend the money to whom can uh, 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 repay back and they have to do the job. What the government would need to decide is which sector they want to develop. Uh, if we want the supply chain uh, in India, and uh, getting it back from uh, China is ensuring through potentially a fiscal incentive, uh, let the bank do the loan to the sector and to the, to the player who can uh, uh, repay and who have a good business model, who have the good tools, but behind that potentially ensure that they attract the champion in the country. It might be the local champion or the foreign champion. So the bank would definitely finance after doing a good job of due diligence what they believe is good, and globally speaking, uh, maintain a, a low uh, NPA, and the uh, government will incentivize uh, through a potential future gift on, uh, on less, uh, less tax, uh, uh, the sectors, the company, uh, the supply chain they want, to, they want to attract. So coming back to your question on, on merger, I think it, 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 it should happen in a natural way. Uh, it's very difficult in the current environment where there is so much fog, we don't know how the economy will recover. Is it a V-shape or not V-shape? Uh, 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 it's very difficult to uh, generate merger in this period. You have to wait to have more visibility. When you have more visibility, then the bank will, will dare to make, uh, 
to make uh, to make acquisition. I think it's a bit too early. But yes, I think there is many space in India to create big champion, Indian champion. I'm sure uh, uh, more than a foreign champion. Foreign will come with uh, some know-how in some sectors. I mean, you will see an HSBC, a BNP Paribas, a Dutch bank in specific sector. But the true the true banking champion will be an Indian one. And, 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 and I, I believe that uh, in the public sector, nobody has any doubt that uh, SBI is a very strong bank. And you have in the, in the private sector, very strong bank. And it should come naturally that uh, they want to grow their margin. They need to grow their market share. I think it, it, it is the same story everywhere. And I think the government should leave the private sector, take the lead in uh, taking more market share in the, in the economy. This was a Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast.